Welcome to episode 281 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I'm your host, Dave Ginsberg, and uh, we are recording on Friday afternoon because, of course, in the U.S. this past week, uh, we were celebrating Thanksgiving holiday, and uh, so I thought we'd get our friends together and let's have a show and talk about all kinds of things that's going on in Apple and such. And it's not a lot, but we'll find out here in just a second. Uh, first off, Patrice Brennamore is here. Thank you so much for being here, Patrice. Welcome back. How are you? Thank you for having me again. Absolutely. It's been, it feels like it's been way too long. And it, I mean, it's only a couple of weeks. <laughs> exactly. Only a couple of weeks. But the, too- the birthday bash. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. glad, glad you're so, I'm so glad you're here. And uh, Ben Rathick, I'm so glad you're here. How are you doing, Ben? Uh, just a little bit of food coma, Dave, but I'll, yeah. I think I'll make it through. <laughs> I'm not too far behind you on that one. Yeah, and you'll uh, make it through until Christmas. And it's fine. Absolutely. You'll make it. Yeah. I'll get you get that. I'll get that <laughs> about that logger. And then Jeff Gammon is here. How are you doing, Jeff? So glad you're here. I'm doing great, and I I feel like we had just finally recovered from from the crazy birthday festivities, Mm -hmm. and uh, and then we just jump into Thanksgiving, and yep, yeah, yes, we did. There was there was uh, but there was a great holiday. I think everybody had a good holiday uh, in the U.S. It was uh, at least the weather wasn't too terribly bad, but. it's good mm-hmm. to get to get together with family, friends, and uh, and uh, now we're back to somewhat normal here. But Friday, the Friday after Thanksgiving usually is a day off for most in the U.S., so I uh, think they can't can't complain at all here. So I uh, yeah, got a couple. Unless of new- you work retail, <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, right. Yes. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So I got a couple of new stories here, and then we'll we'll hit upon some good topics this week, including <laughs> the the RCS edition and uh, with Apple and couple other good topics here we'll, we'll just make make through it uh first off i want to talk a little, little bit about uh chat gpt here because um there was a couple things that i found that caught my eye here uh the uh this this story here it says forget the s lady uh turn your iphone's action button into a chat gp voice assistant instead uh you know with the news all all over the news here about open ai's chat gpt voice feature that's now available to uh, to all free users you can ditch uh, you can ditch Siri to the uh, main voice assistant on your iphone well specifically your iphone 15 pro and 15 pro max of course that has the uh the button or action button there to replace the mute button um and then depending on your personal preference, you can associate the action button to any number of tasks, of course, with the camera, or the flashlight, the voice memo, and even the magnifier app. But uh, the latter is also giving you the option if you want to turn your button into a trigger for chat GPT. Uh, and they they uh, said uh, that with the announcement of voice access free for all chat GPT users, it does uh, have an associating this iOS shortcut in, in an action button that would lead to allow you to be able to do that. But of course you can't get all of this stuff without paying that 20 bucks a month for this chat GPT plus subscription. So, uh, so with everything going on with chat GPT, chat GPT, I think this is something that's nice to have as part of the iPhone 15 pro. Um, uh, Patrice, have you tried this at all? I don't know. I don't know if you've I've not tried about it, it and I, and I will not. It, this is a okay. terrible idea. I mean, it's, it's a fun thing yeah. to like to play with, like to, to say, Oh, can I do that? Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. It's a terrible idea because I mean, Jen, like, yes, Siri has her, his problems, their problems, depending yeah. on you, how you set, set them up. Um, but it, I mean, at least they're helpful 
to some extent, they can do things, they can enable things, disable things, uh, look up information, answer some things with some authority because it's actual knowledge. This ChatGPT voice assistant does none of that. It, it's it's like a, I don't know. It's like a two year old. Like it's telling you with <laughs> or three year old is like very eloquent. Some of them are or three four year olds. Yeah, some of them are, but they have no clue what they're talking about. I mean, ask my mom. Like I I was like four <laughs> and I, t- I I had like did like a two hour monologue about the hole in the ozone layer and whatever. And I and, and I sounded. I mean, she said I had no clue. Like I sounded like ChatGPT probably. <laughs> 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 Yeah, don't do that. I mean, it's, a, it's fun, yeah. but don't do it. Yeah, I mean, I I did it. The the shortcuts that allows you to get access to multiple buttons. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got that set up on my mm-hmm. on my 15 Pro Max, um, including the silence button and a bunch of other things that are in there. But, yeah, uh, I, I tend to agree with you on that. It's I mean, if I want to use your Chat GPT, I'll just go to the app that's installed on the iPhone yes. and just just go the, that way. Yeah. Uh, I know it's not a voice assistant. Yeah. That is true. I know neither you guys, Ben or Jeff, have have a fifteen. But would would you would it, Ben? You think it'd be something like this? You would utilize? Well, I think I'd use uh, Patrice GPT. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, uh, good, nice one. I mean, honestly, honestly, this is for the same reasons Patrice noted. Probably not something I would do, but it is something that shows off the power of that the action button mm-hmm. where you're if you have an iphone a 15 pro uh it does what it, you want it to do yeah that is true that's true how about you jeff but, but something you would use or do you even have you used chat gpt at all on your iphone with the with the app no i don't um i i uh Experiment with ChatGPT. I have some clients that use ChatGPT um, in in different ways. So I'll use it in in context of their projects. But other than that, no. And and I mean the whole the whole idea of saying forget Siri, put ChatGPT on. Patrice nailed it. Why? It's the the purpose of ChatGPT and the purpose of the S lady are different, right? So if you're if you're getting rid of the S lady, then uh, that what that tells me is that you you actually aren't using Apple's voice control system at all because there, mm-hmm. there would be no use in it for you. Um, but the the other part of it is, and and I don't say this in a derogatory way, Patrice, but why would I want Patrice GPT in the <laughs> sense of the way you described it, <laughs> where it's it's basically a four year old who can go on for two hours uh-huh. and without having any idea what they're actually talking about? Yes. Yeah. No, definitely agree with that. Um, next story. This hey, is another this professional. Oh, now, right? Sorry, go for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, yeah. just just saying. Talking two hours of, and knowing what we talk about for we do that now all day. So, oh my god, ChatGPT is a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> it can be so true. <laughs> if it can be. Uh, speaking of another ChatGPT uh, 
thing. Uh, Google announced that uh, the Bard AI chatbot can now answer questions about YouTube videos. Uh, mm-hmm. Google announced this. It's Bard AI chatbot can now answer those questions. Uh, although Bard had already been had the ability to analyze YouTube videos with the launch of the YouTube extension back uh, back in September of this year, of this year. Uh, the uh, the chatbot can now give specific answers about queries related to the content of a video. And uh, Google uh, uh, in the Bard's updates pages, it says we're taking the first steps in Bard's ability to. Uh, understand YouTube videos. And they wrote this, mm-hmm. uh, for example, if you look for videos are on, uh, how to make olive oil cake, you can, uh, also ask how many eggs and the, the recipe in the first video requires. And they've heard some deeper engagement with the YouTube videos. Um, I find this to be interesting only because there's millions and probably billions of videos on, on YouTube. And to, for this to be able to that, to be that smart, to find that information, I think is, is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think, Jeff? Um, it, it's really interesting. <laughs> and I like the idea of having better discoverability for content. And that's the promise that I see in this. Um, it's the promise that I'm seeing in a lot of, of consumer facing AI. It's when you look beyond the, uh, the flashy gimmicky part and the, uh, and the let's just steal other content to create a new piece of content for you part, you get into this and, and this is where I'm seeing real value. So if Mm -hmm. it works well, great. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, I was just thinking, you know, we, we used to have websites that you go to if you needed instructions and they would tell you step by step, maybe it was pictures or something, how to do it. And that kind of went away or to a large extent. And nowadays, if you search for something, you get like a 15 minute YouTube video, here's how to do X. And it's like, and you have to watch it and it's very long. With this, now you can get the summary of the YouTube, of the video and you're back to what we originally had. You have a description then tells you what to do so that's awesome well it's awesome unless you are a content creator who's trying to monetize in which case google is now doing exactly what uh what they love to do and have tried multiple times which is to sidestep you and your content but leverage that for their own benefit Mm -hmm. yeah they don't have to pay you yeah Wow! Screw yep. you, Google. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty much what they've been doing ever oh, since. Yeah. yeah, I mean, no, nobody's making any money on YouTube. It's yeah. pretty much at this point uh, using your YouTube viewership to incite uh, outside advertisers. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they're still making money. It's just not not significant. Yeah, like, yeah, like uh, you can you can maybe buy a pop of ten thousand or ten million views. Mm-hmm. And this this is a clear indicator of what part of the country Ben is from in the United States mm-hmm. because he <laughs> talked about buying a pop versus buying a soda. Yep. Or a Coke. Or a Coke. That's right. Well, if I bought a Coke, I'd be talking like this. <laughs> <laughs> I want a Coke. That's what actually pretty good. <laughs> That was good. Sprite. That's the kind of Coke I want. Mm-hmm. 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 Y'all. 
Uh, last story here this week is um, I wanted to talk about uh, had a, uh, Hannah Weddingham and uh, Ted Lasso in her amazing Christmas special. I just saw it the other day. If you haven't seen it yet, you it's a must see. Um, it was so fun to watch and. She had all. She had a Ted Lasso reunion. There was people on there. This was like a more or less a, like a love letter uh, dedication to her mo- her mom since she grew up in the opera and uh, and mm-hmm. and sang with her mom. And she did some great. I can get kind of goosebumps just thinking about watching. So you got to see it. Um, it was really really good. Um, all of her Ted Lasso star returned uh, to uh, for the holiday episode, uh, and including Brendan Hunt and uh, Billy Harris, uh, Cola Bocchini. Uh, James Lance and Phil Dunster was there. And then she also welcomed her eight-year-old daughter, welcoming her to the performance at the Arts Theater. It was so so adorable. Wow. Yeah, it was so cool. Um, she had some duets. Uh, Nicole Muhammad was there. He was kind of a, a fun part of the of mm-hmm. the. I don't want to spoil it, so I won't tell you too much. And then Brett Goldstein was also in there. A really fun bit. You'll have to see that to, to, uh, to, to see how, how absolutely funny he is, as always is. She had a duet with Leslie Odom Jr., uh, she had Sam Ryder and Luke Evans. She also did duets with them. Um, Juno Temple made an appearance and then wrapped it up. And it's all over on on, on the internet and social media. Jake and Jason Sudeikis wrapped it up by driving her home in the taxi. <laughs> so <laughs> it was really, really good show. She did some amazing costume changes. She looked amazing. And she's an amazing, absolutely amazing singer. I just, she blows me away. Every time we heard her on Ted Lasso, I was like, wow, she really, she really can belt it out. All the great Christmas songs. A really, really fun show. It's not very long, maybe less than an hour to to enjoy. There's so many Christmas shows. Uh, what do you think, Patrice? Is that something I hope you're going to see? Oh, 100 percent. I mean, I'm I, I love musicals. I love any any oh, yeah. kind of music show. Um, I love Hannah Waddingham. Like she's she's awesome. Amazing. Um, I love. I mean, I love the entire cast of of Ted Lasso. So I'm I'm no. It's no surprise that they're back. I I have a feeling. They're they're actually quite good friends. Yeah, um, you could and, tell. And yeah, <clears throat> exactly. You could tell. Um, so I'm very very. I haven't watched it yet, and I haven't had yeah. time for it. But I might actually do that after the show. Yeah, you, I, I highly recommend. I'd like to hear, hear what you thought because uh, it was pretty amazing. This was at the uh, the London Coliseum, which she mm-hmm. grew up. She grew up there. Her, her her mom was an opera singer. She's yeah. She sang there. Yeah. Both her mom and her dad were there, and yeah. They, yeah, and I mean they're they they're amazing her too. So, yeah, absolutely. And and her, I mean, you could tell that she could sing. I mean, in in Ted Lasso, there is right. at least one or two like example or situations where she sings, and, and it's really good. So, it was very clear. And I think she was it a year ago, two years ago, she joined. Um, I think it was Michael Bublé uh, yeah. on on a show, and now she has her own. So. Oh, That's yeah. how that goes. I think Ted Lasso made her a household mm-hmm. name and a star, really. I mean, more star than ever. Before. Globally, yes. Globally, she was definitely. already quite yeah, UK, well known was, in the UK. Yeah. Right. Very well known in the UK. But now I think mm-hmm. everybody in the United States just adores her. She's yes. just a lot of fun. She yeah. looked beautiful, too. She was doing a mm-hmm. number of no, no, number of costume changes in her dresses. And it was, so, it was I don't know, just, it was kind of fun. Something yeah. you guys are watch, yeah. Ben and Jeff? I'm, I hope you do. I have it's going to be on the list. Um, oh, I have to say a couple things. Number one, it is very good that Apple is leaning into its stars, and uh, like you and Patrice said, she absolutely has become a leading star. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing, by how much 
they were leaning into Ted Lasso here. I have a gut feeling that they're not quite done with AFC Richmond yet. I don't think so either. Yeah. I mean, Jason Sudeik has said as much. He said, while it was always three seasons and that's what they planned, it it, it doesn't feel like it's, it's the end. I don't think so either. There's just so much popularity with that with it right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if that is the actual title of the successor mm-hmm. show. So it's bigger than any one character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a surprising thing. I mean, about Ted Lasso in general, it started out being mostly about Sudeikis and about Ted Lasso, and there were like the other characters were important, but it was about him. And then, mm-hmm. kind of over the, the three seasons, like. It became, it became about everybody and about the cast and about their lives and 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 uh, yeah, Hannah Waddingham was I think one of the at least internationally one of the breakout stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was. Your thoughts, Jeff? Um, okay. So listening to the three of you talk, it just <laughs> it makes me so happy because. When Ted Lasso started, I already knew who Hannah uh, Waddingham was mm-hmm. because uh, because I, I I'm into music, musicals, Broadway, theater, um, so I already had exposure to her, and and I think for a lot of people, the exposure actually might have been, wasn't she the shame lady from Game of Thrones, which <laughs> I never watched. Uh, so. No, that, that's <laughs> Lena Headley. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> yeah. But anyhow, um, see, seeing her be able to to shine in it, in this, I, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Just I haven't had the time, but it's definitely mm-hmm. on my must watch list. Uh, and uh, what I'm hoping, just because it's so much fun, is that Apple is uh, actually building up a uh, a catalog of really fun holiday content. Mm-hmm. I mean, last last year we got yeah. the uh, their version of Scrooge. Yeah, which was which excellent. was actually really good. Yeah, oh, I, I watched wonderful. it like four times at least, and I cried every time. It was so good. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. And now this year we get uh, 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 Hannah's thing. Mm-hmm. There was um. Now I feel really stupid because I forgot the name of the singer who had a who had holiday specials with Apple prior to this. Brian Terry. Thank you. Holy crap. Thank you. Yeah. O- only the Christmas song that that everyone yes. loves mm-hmm. or hates. That's funny how I mean I could totally see her in her her little Santa suit thing and could not mm-hmm. think of her name. Um, yeah, yeah. So, anyhow, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it, mm-hmm. and uh, and don't forget the Ted Basso Christmas episode that came out in August. That's true. Right. Well, that's right. I don't know if you remember yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll go back and watch that now too. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. It's still yeah, one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> and wasn't there a Mythic Quest Christmas episode too? Oh they... yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. There was. There was it wasn't even a special, I think. It wasn't even yeah. a regular episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so much fun. Mm-hmm. So wasn't the yeah. Christmas Ted Lasso episode the the extra one they had to make because they yeah. had been told, well, oh, you have an mm-hmm. eight episode season, but then 
turns out, oh, it's nine. So they had to shoot an extra one and make it fit in without screwing up the entire storyline. Mm-hmm. So the Christmas one is a standalone <laughs> thing, also filmed much later in the year. Hence, they just went ahead and, <laughs> and rolled with that and turned it into a Christmas mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then it came out in August. So. Yeah, we, yeah. We celebrated uh, Christmas in <laughs> August. Um, all right. Well, that's uh, the short amount of news we had this week. There wasn't a lot. Uh, and, and most of it and a lot of it was Black Friday stuff. And I don't know. We'll, we'll see if we have some time at later end of the show if uh, we, we can touch upon some of the amazing deals. But, uh, it, you know, that's the only thing is that it's, it's, uh, becomes, uh, not so topical once you listen and stuff that's old, but we'll, we'll see if we could go back and revisit some of the other topics I already have uh, planned here the, this week. Um, so, uh, beta, I always talk about beta this week. We were still on iOS 17.2 uh, beta and three. Um, and I'm wondering when is it going to come out? Cause, uh, the rumor has it. They're probably going to say this, they're looking at that. It's probably going to be around December timeframe before mid December before it's released. Um, Really, the only thing that stands out on it is is journaling, and I don't know if anybody's how exciting you could be about journal. But there's uh, two ahead. features. There's two features. Um, st- uh, the uh, spatial video, spatial uh, video on, right. the, on the 15, and and journaling. So, I, I I was just looking at my calendar. I would say probably the t- either the 11th or the 12th of December. I had Let to me look at my calendar yeah. and see if I concur. That sounds, yeah, but usually second week of the month is Apple tends mm-hmm. to do their yeah. releases. And, and, and far enough from, from Christmas that if something goes wrong, they still have time to, to have people yeah. around to fix it. I, they shut down for the, the, the rest at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I um, agree with you completely, Patrice. Just looking at my great. calendar, that that's like the sweet spot for that release. Yeah. Um, Possibly, but um, the the current macOS Sonoma beta build is an E. Um, unfortunately, I can't find out the build on my iPhone because it's currently being used as a camera. But <laughs> yeah, honestly, the it might be closer to Christmas because that's still pretty early in the beta cycle as far as version number goes. Uh, it's, yeah, it's gonna, gonna be, be four. It's gonna be four or five by at that point. Yeah, I mean we're at three now. Um, I'm guessing next week we'll probably get to four. So five, probably five. So Ben, if it's later, we're looking at the 18th or 19th. So just a week mm-hmm. later, which puts yeah. it in the week where the where you're going directly into the holiday, the, mm-hmm. the Christmas holiday. Yeah, some people might already have that week. So, right. At least in and, Europe, which honestly which then would mean honestly, it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if seventeen dot two got pushed off to the beginning of January. Mm, possible. Mm. I don't think so. Yeah, it's it's stable enough. Like the as Dave said, like the features are not. I mean, there, there is some new stuff, but it's not so disruptive like there's not something okay. massively that changed so i think they could do it yeah. have, you, have you tried the journal app patrice yet oh yeah i'm i'm using it not every day but every couple of days i'm i mean the all the integration into the apps are still missing because for sure it's only going to ship when the when the uh, when the apps then ship the the, the feature but right. um i'm really it's 
I mean, I've used a couple different journaling apps over the years, and it's surprisingly good. Like, I mean, you don't even have to write anything. You can literally just post um, like your your photos from 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 now, from past years. It, like the same thing you have in photos, where it detects certain things that you did. Where it's like, oh, you what I don't do, went to a Christmas market on Sunday, and it's like, hey, you want to post that in your journal? And you can just with one button tap, you you get it. Yeah. So quite quite a good feature. I I'm looking forward to the journaling app. Uh, probably not for the same uses that a lot of other people have, or maybe the same. I don't mm. know. Um, I'm looking forward to it for the integrations mm-hmm. and shortcut support, mm-hmm. and yep. uh, and and I'm looking at it as not something well, like Patrice. You're saying you don't have to put stuff in yourself. You can have other things do it, yep. and that's the use case that I'm seeing. Where I have uh, have other apps that are just automatically putting content into the journal for me, so basically it becomes like a like a work journal. So yeah. I can see what I was mm-hmm. doing for different clients at different times, and uh, that's that's the the compelling use case for me. Um. I never thought about that. That's actually a pretty good reason for the use case. You're welcome. <laughs> we'll probably be sharing some shortcuts <laughs> at some point. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, oh, d- sure. it is. Bring on Teachy to do all the shortcuts. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Um, moving on the uh, Apple is preparing to release 17.1.2. We're currently on 17.1.1 as we record this for an update to the iPhone. Uh, it's, it appears that Apple is internally testing this version uh, for the iPhone based on the evidence of the software in the website analytics logs in the last few days. Um, it's probably going to be a minor update, right? More, more focused on bug fixes, but still unclear where the issues may be addressed. Who knows? Maybe some improvements to the Wi-Fi that we've already been having problems with or Wi-Fi disconnecting. Um, but uh, as, as, as the story says, that they typically don't release any updates during the week of Thanksgiving because, of course, everybody's off most of that week. Um, so uh, 17.1.1, as we know, uh, data fix of the BMW wireless charging issue that affect the 15 and uh, – and the weather app widget not showing a, a snow icon, you know, those are some important things there. Uh, but, uh, mm-hmm. and again, we just talked about 17.2 was uh, doing the updating. So it's you know interesting to see how Apple reacts to uh, wanting to release this dot two version, but right before the, uh, the full, uh, the one dot one dot two version versus the uh, 17.2. Um, mm-hmm. so it'd be interesting to see where, where this goes. And again, it's probably just going to be very minor and, and as far as an update goes. Any thoughts on that? Thank you. Nailed it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all right. Great. And um, next topic, I wanted to talk, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the whole announcement about Apple's, you know, health has now froze over the fact that Apple is going to be using uh, RCS as, as part of the standards I messaging, RCS messaging, Mm -hmm. Um, this was in mid, uh, the, earlier this month that they will adopt this in 2024 and it's upgrading its messaging standards uh, for non iMessage conversation because it was quite a shock that 
Google had been aggressively pushing Apple to implement the RCS for multiple years, but Apple wouldn't budge. So there's a number of features as far as between what RCS does and what SMS and MMS does. And uh, I don't know, uh, I don't go through all this and use an article here to reference this, but, uh, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll ask you, Patrice, w- w- what do you think we're going to get as a benefit to have RCS besides the fact of everybody complaining about the green bubble versus the blue <laughs> bubble, which isn't going to be solved yeah. because of Android. No. Um, but, no. but it, do- it does have some, a lot more amazing features that, that iMessage doesn't yeah. have. Right. Yeah. I mean, for one, Apple kind of did a big, uh, screw you Apple and screw you Google, because they <laughs> said they're not implementing the. They're not implementing the Google variant of RCS. They're implementing the, the GSM standard. And that one does not do end-to-end encryption as of yet. Apple said they're going to work with, with the with the GSM to, to do that and to standardize that. But for now, there's a Samsung version, there's a Google version, there's different versions. And Apple didn't go to, to the Google one. So you're not no. getting end-to-end encryption. But what you're getting, I think, <clears throat> is, is a better cheaper more reliable text message because i mean one you're not going through gsm anymore uh this goes over the internet or wi-fi like standards it works also in places where you might not have cell service which was a problem with with text messages if you like you might have had perfect wi-fi at home but you still couldn't send the text message because your your cell coverage sucks um Mm -hmm. that's gone and i think that's the big feature and then it's I would say yet another way how you can communicate cross-platform. There's, I mean, there is already a lot. There's Facebook Messenger, there's WhatsApp, there's Signal, there's Telegram, there's a lot others. But it's another another one that that works and might do the job for a lot of people. Like yeah. not everybody is on WhatsApp or Facebook. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And Jeff, you hit the nail on the head there. That yeah. we're not, we're not implementing the, the, the Apple's not going to implement Google's version. This is mm-hmm. more or less their version. And you did too, Patrice. Um, that uh, yeah. this is important. And, and there's a, just so many more much uh, security is the, the most one of the most yeah. important things. MMS yeah. is not secure. I mean, the, the, the yeah. encryption is the other no. thing. Yeah. Both of those yeah. uh, what, platforms don't provide encryption. Exactly. What you're not getting is all the features iMessage has, like all the app integrations and sending, I don't know, right. sending money, sending Apple Cash, all of that. You're you're not getting any of them. Uh, you're also not getting the blue bubble. It's still a green bubble. Right. Um, so it's it's basically, I mean, the iMessage app already supported it, or the Messages app, how it's called, um, already supported two formats because you could go text message and you could do iMessage. Um, and now it's going to be a third. So not, yeah. not, a, not a big deal. This isn't the, uh, the big win for Google that some mm-hmm. people are claiming. Mm-mm. And this isn't Apple blinking, so to speak, and capitulating to Google. No. I mean, that, there's none of that here. This is about Apple making sure that they're in control over the protocols that they will probably be eventually forced to adopt so they so they will adopt under their terms mm-hmm. and and even if that wasn't the case they're still smart to not adopt Google's version of RCS mm-hmm. because now they are at the mercy of another company deciding when they're going to make features available to other other uh, 
companies mm-hmm. to, to competitors. Um, I love the idea that Apple will be involved in helping design the GSM uh, version of encryption for RCS. Because ultimately, that means that if Google wants to offer uh, a universal encryption or security mm-hmm. for their standard, they're going to have to switch from their proprietary thing they want everyone else to use to the thing mm-hmm. that Apple helped make. And that there's yes. some delicious irony in that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And Google is not even using their own encryption signals. No. That's true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bless our hearts. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it does two things for Apple. Like Jeff was saying, number one, it gets them basically a, a very good seat at the table for the RCS uh, with G- with GSM for RCS. And two, uh, they get to modernize uh, SMS, uh, MMS. The text message had just gotten a lot of, little bit long in the tooth. Yes. They have to die eventually. I mean, the, net- the network it's using has, like, it has to evolve, and that's part of right. the problem. Yeah, and I mean, are wouldn't those still be sent by like Edge? Mm-hmm. Well, I think I mean I think you can send them over LTE, but it's the same. It's still the old the old technology, basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So now SMS and MMS, they're using the uh, the the empty space that that was in header packets for uh, cellular uh, mm-hmm. transmissions. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That means that uh, cellular providers can't change the way that they're using that uh, technology because they have to maintain support for SMS, MMS. Mm -hmm. When we get to a point where where, uh, RCS can truly take over as that just generic standard, then the cell companies will be in a position where they can start potentially doing some innovation mm-hmm. that uh, that currently isn't possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's, that's going to take a very, very long time because it, it, like we have so many devices still using that. So right, take a while, but but, yeah, but it has I mean, to start before mm-hmm. it can start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, ultimately, ultimately, that's one of the reasons I believe that the carriers were the ultimate party to convince Apple to switch rather than the EU or Google. Yes. Yeah. And it's an easy, I think it's an, it's a rather easy mm. thing to, 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 to convince Apple with because it is better for users. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, this is, uh, this is good. We're glad, glad to see it. Um, and just glad we were able to kind of, open up and on explaining what the differences are. Cause a lot of people out there are not very familiar with what these are. They just know they just send text messages and it works. And, and they know that iMessage has always been a blue ball internal and we've been able to send messages between it, each other very easily. But then when you mixed in those yeah. Android users in your family of mostly iPhone users, it always became a challenge, especially with sending pictures and you know, it's MMS uh, it doesn't yeah. work really well on the iMessage side. So it's kind of better actually, even before this was announced. 
and a cost question in some cases because some carriers especially on prepaid plans and so on either limit or still charge for for text messages seriously yeah Yeah. wow i had no idea Yeah, I mean, just just like uh, Wi-Fi calling, getting the text messages potentially on uh, going over people's Wi-Fi that benefits the carriers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that was a good conversation. I want to move on. Um, there was a, this was announced a number of weeks ago that um, Mint, which was a not the not the uh, the cellular service. This is the actual financial uh, budgeting app that's been around for a really long time, um, which was bought by uh, Intuit back in two thousand nine. So you, you could tell you how long this app application has been around. It's been uh, it's it's been a, a great app, but you always had questions about security because it is online all the time, and you didn't have a lot of control of your data. Was it secure? But I mean, there was still a lot of people that were using it. Um, and there's, you know, like I said, one of the most earliest ones that were out there and they had almost 3.6 active users in 2021 that, uh, 3.6 users, 3.6 million. <laughs> Did I not oh, say okay. million? Sorry. No, I, I'm totally <laughs> no, giving you a hard 3. time. 6. <laughs> okay. I, I was just feeling <laughs> bad about that one person that, uh, correct. Yes. That one yeah, person. Was like, oh, no, 3.6 is gone. Million uh, active uh, users in 2021. Mm. It, it was introduced in 2007, so um, so it was quite a change back in those days to have to have an app like that. But uh, and a lot of outcry from loyal users the meant that that, that they uh, were especially upset since it was purchased by Credit Karma, which uh, uh, was kind of was spun off from Intuit because Intuit did own. Actually, I know I think Intuit does own them now. So I think Intuit kind of got out of this uh, Mint business and then they. Now it's coming back to Credit Karma. Now Credit Karma is going to merge it into their budgeting tools, but they won't offer mm. anywhere near the same um, of what uh, what it offers now. So, uh, and there's a uh, again, Credit Karma has a lot of users. I'm I'll be say I'm one of them as I check my credit scores, and I love it because it's telling me what my credit scores are in real time. It's nice to stay on top of that because all those years you never knew what your credit report was saying. You had to go to freecreditreport.com and go to to get your report every time but now and i get notifications every day oh look you're you're you're, you're knocking out of the park you're paying you're paying your bills and and uh so credit karma has been, been kind of a aggregate of all that stuff but of course they're not doing that for free they're doing lots of advertising getting you to entice you to sign up for credit cards and for financial services and that stuff but uh uh they are going to have some sort of budgeting budgeting tool that's going to be on there but uh you know i th- i i think with all things that are that Long in the tooth as far as age goes, you know, it's probably time to move on to other things. I want to know if you if you guys use any budgeting tools. And I mean, there are some services out there. I know one of them, notably, I've been using as of late is called MoneyWiz, which is part of, which is in Setapp. And I yeah. started using that a little bit. And I kind of like it, but it does have some room for improvement. It's uh, really mm-hmm. hard to, to 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 connect your banks and then some there are some banks that that are not part of their system then and they utilize some of that stuff and then you know quick and that's a whole nother story that that app has been never worked on a mac for forever like mm-hmm. they never would update it and uh 
I believe Quicken got spun off, so it's not. It was part of Intuit at one point, but uh, I think mm-hmm. it got spun off. But I don't know if any. Uh, I don't know, Patrice. Do you use anything as far as a budgeting app like this besides um, simple tools? No, not currently. I I used I used MoneyWiz for years, um, but I realized that it was kind of a bit. I don't want to call it OCD, but it was kind of a little bit that that everything had to be in there, and you had to. It, back then, it yeah. didn't even connect to any bank, so you had to manually put everything in, and I yeah. did that religiously every day but these days no i i can just look at my credit card bill and and see everything yeah. that i paid for so mm-hmm. i don't need it's i all, don't need an app for that it's all that apple gear you're buying <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah yeah exactly um how about you guys uh, jeff did, did you use any budgeting apps at all that, like this i, I know this enough you know i'm actually the same boat as patrice i tried playing around with money whiz for a little bit and uh and after only a few days I was out and Mm -hmm. not because I didn't like the app, but because I didn't like that my whole life suddenly revolved around entering transactions into an application. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and like Patrice, I actually don't need to look at some third-party app to see where my money is going Because my bank gives me a really good report that I can go and look at Mm -hmm. in real time every single day, as often as I want. And it's all right there. Um, And honestly, the the big news in the Mint is going Mm -hmm. away and, and now it's going to be credit karma for everyone. The big news there is that Mint hadn't gone away years ago. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I never tried Mint because when I considered hopping into it, that's when Intuit was buying them. And that was reason <laughs> enough for me to not start. Yeah, you're like, nope. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> not going to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I assumed that either they were going to somehow uh, let all of my personal business, whatever, uh, financial data get dumped out on the internet somehow, <laughs> or they were just mm-hmm. going to shut down the service and leave me high and dry. And uh, so I just didn't get in. The fact that it's stuck around this long since Intuit bought them, to me, that's the really surprising thing here. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Um, next story, next uh, topic I want to talk about is uh, your iPhone and iPad backup. Um, this has always been a dilemma for many people, uh, more so the fact that uh, do you back, how do you back it up? I mean, we all are backing up mm-hmm. to iCloud. I think that's probably the number one place to, to back it up. It's the easiest way to back your device up. And uh, and for the most part, you should feel comfortable with it. But all of us here on this panel are very are, are tech-oriented and we don't kind of, okay, we're all geeks here, let's face it, uh, that uh, that we want to do something more than just that, but I'm going to have a link to two, two places that I, I think are valuable. And this, this article um, talks about uh, uh, the comparison between iCloud and on your computer. Um, so the big thing is iCloud is encrypted. So you, you're definitely safe when it comes to that, when you're backing up both your iPad and your iPhone um, and uh, computer. Well, you can, it is, it is optional. It's turned off by default, but you can encrypt it, but then you also got to maintain it. You know, just like we just talked about with in, in uh, with money was the, the previous uh, topic that you know it's, it's a lot of manual labor having to do all this, and and plus a lot of times if you want to do iCloud, a lot of times it's not as easy to back it up your computer um, using uh, uh, using it uh, th- that way through the backup that and that method because iCloud kind of takes things over and when it comes to that, 
but I'm not going to go through all the stuff here, what, uh, what the things are, but there are many things that do stand out as far as what I call backups don't already do is including uh, uh, the storing and syncing. You know, I call like contacts, calendars, and notes. Well, th they've done a better job with that now because you actually can go into the iCloud and go on iCloud.com actually check your contacts. So it is backed up now. So I don't know how current this is. Uh, so it does back this up. So, but uh, I don't know why I'm even saying this because mo most of this stuff is backed up. If I'm not, from, if I'm not mistaken here. So your mm -hmm. messages, that's a big thing. You know, what the thing that takes up the most space as we know, photos and me iMessages. There's so much yes. photos. <laughs> and, I mean, I mean, yeah. I looked at my backup, I've been backup on my iMessages. And I'm probably nothing compared to other people. You know, like six, seven gigabytes of, data i'm thinking, sure people are up to you know, 20 easy. 30 gigabytes sometimes easy because you're just sending a lot of stuff mm -hmm. back and forth um so and it's super easy to do the backup set it up and you know and it's well worth the, the cost of having uh paying for iCloud storage everybody every day i say well, well five gigabytes isn't going to cut it I and mean, it's still unfortunate right. to this day that apple does not offer a bigger choice it just blows my mind um, so they do have, I believe we have the backup, like the, the 20 gig plan, the 50 gig, and then, you know, go all up to two terabytes as far as, and then you use that as a family didn't, plan. Didn't That's they introduce all. six uh, terabytes now? They, they're going to six and 12 terabytes now too, right? Yeah, so, exactly. So, so, you, so plenty of space for your backups. <laughs> yeah, for, for that part. So, uh, so I don't, I don't know if you guys, do you, you use the computer backup at all through, through Apple? I don't think not as many people are using that these days, but, uh. Uh -uh. We, were, we were talking about earlier, and I and I've I've posted this out. iMazing is probably one of the, the one of the mm -hmm. best choices for granular yeah. and controlled backups. I I think iMazing is amazing. Um, and right now, mm -hmm. as we record this, they have fifty percent on off, and you can have up to five devices hooked up to it, and it's like thirty seven bucks, and it's it's a lifetime subscription. It's a lifetime uh, cost. Your one time cost, and you get lifetime updates. Um, um, yep. So we'll have yeah, a show us for that. Version. Yeah, you even have family version now, right? So you can you can share it with your family and have them. I'll be backing the things up, but iMazing has a little bit of a learning curve, and there are some folks out there who don't really like to uh, uh, don't, don't really like to get into that. But hey, if you don't back things up, you're going to be in trouble. And I and I don't want to hear you complain. And I don't think any of us want to hear maybe complaining. I lost my contacts. What am I going to mm -hmm. do? Well, <laughs> oh, happened so often. Them up. Yeah. yeah. So. What are your thoughts on this, Patrice? Is, it, is that a lot of methods you are backing your devices up? Um, I'm just using iCloud. It's been work. It works. I've used it plenty of times. I needed it plenty of times because if you're on the beta cycle, there's always a risk that something goes mm -hmm. wrong and then you have to restore right. from backup. So that has happened. Um, I mean, technically, mm, it depends which 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 um, like method when you set up a new iPhone you use, but technically you're even restoring from backup when you when you set up a new device, unless you do the device-to-device -device transfer that they now offer. But mm -hmm. for a long time, that was basically what you did. You would basically restore from backup, create a backup, and then restore it to your new device. Um, so no, I'm, it's, I've never had any issues with it. It just works. Okay, yeah. And I've been doing most of the time. I like to have a secondary backup with iMazing as mm -hmm. well, so I, I kind of do both. Uh, how about you, Jeff? What's your what's your methods of backup on your iOS and iPad OS devices? I am adamant that I do not want to lose critical data ever. Mm -hmm. So um, I I have a backup routine <laughs> that for many people would probably seem like overkill, but for me, it makes me very happy 
So yes, I am absolutely using iCloud and uh, and it has been a lifesaver more than once. The the first time you take your iPhone into the Apple Store to get something fixed and the process involves either having to wipe the device or them just handing you a new iPhone. Just having that iCloud backup is critical because you're in the store, you've got a, a blank phone, you log in to your account, and it just starts putting everything back, and you don't even have to think about it. It's wonderful. Um, but I don't like relying on a on a single point of failure, even though this has been a very reliable point. So I do use iMazing, and uh, and so my iMazing backup then gets included as part of my nightly backup through SuperDuper. It's also included in my Backblaze backup, so that's off-site. Yep. So that I have I have backups of my backup for my iPhone, iPads, good uh, regiment, Apple Watch. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. How about you, Ben? Uh, how do you, what's your what's your backup always? Um, right now, unfortunately, it's only iCloud only. But honestly, do not be me. Uh, be me. <laughs> back up every single way you can. Yeah. Because so what you're it, saying is be me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, Apple has a very reliable service, but uh, don't even trust that. Yeah. 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 Well. Okay. Can I can I uh, add some color to don't even trust that? But you know, I'm as your as your only. Yeah, it's it's okay to trust it, but don't trust, don't trust it in the sense that it's the one that's always available. I like to not trust any of my backups. They have to prove their validity to me, and uh, and so the apps that I use, the services that I use, I I periodically test to make sure they're doing what they're supposed to. So mm-hmm. it's. Trust but so, verify. There we go. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That much more eloquent way to put it. Yep. So uh follow those uh follow those regiments. I we highly recommend it. Uh I called at the very least. Well links in the show notes here to, to all the things that we just mm-hmm. talked about and relates to backup. It's super important to um uh yep. to take a look at that. So Anything else? I mean, it's it, it. Um, I was just thinking about something because I'm I'm working on on something at work right now where we have to do a lot of risk assessment. Yeah. So for for technical systems, and that's exactly what this is. You look at you look at your solution, you look at your process, and you assess the risk. And part of the risk assessment is also frequently testing it and making sure it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at it and you say, okay, like this is what the risk is. Is the solution that I have sufficient for that? And for Jeff, very clearly, it's not because he's saying one solution is not enough. I need two, so that the risk of a single one failing for what I'm what is important to me is lower. Yeah. Well, I can't. We, I can't, we all find I that level that, that we're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't. Not agree with that more. It's just so important. And uh, yeah. I, I you know I work for an insurance company. We have risk assessment all the time. If we mm-hmm. didn't have backups, 
if we didn't yeah. have backup puts in, in place, but boy, we'd be a lot. We'd be in a lot of trouble with our business. Yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, and that's yeah. that applies to any business. Doesn't matter who it is. Yeah, but you, know, you got to yeah. follow. But every business like has di- yeah, every business has different risks. Like for you, it might yeah. you might need ten backups, and another business needs zero because they're like, okay, we have or whatever. We have everything on paper, so it's fine. I don't know. Well, I hope not. These days, anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like it's businesses can be different. Maybe that business this doesn't doesn't care about their data because it's like. There's nothing in there that's important enough. Yep. Okay, sure. fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next uh, topic here. I've seen a lot of new browsers coming out lately, and I thought this was kind of fun to, to talk about this a little bit, is some of the mm-hmm. third-party browsers that are out there. Um, we all, of course, know Safari. We've been using Safari for years on our, on our iOS and iPadOS devices. Um, but I kind of wanted to kind of, I'm not going to dig, dig too deep in each one of these. We, I have links to the show notes here for some of the more uh, mm-hmm. standout browsers. Everybody knows Safari. I know we like that. Um, Google Chrome, you know, everybody gets, uh, I'm not so big about fan of Chrome, but uh, Chrome has its place as well in the third party. We also got to remember that uh, on, on, an, on an iOS device, really the back end of browsers is still Safari. I mean, it still drives a lot of the back end of it WebKit, in some cases. It, and, and WebKit, right? Uh, yeah. to, it's, uh, not, it's not Safari, it's WebKit. That's, that's what I meant. Yeah, WebKit, my, right. <laughs> right. So, uh, and so, so it is. In a sense, it has WebKit as its back end, but it has the, mm-hmm. the front end of, of the browser that you're used to when it comes to the when it comes to each one of the browsers. Uh, and uh, the uh, other one is um, um, Microsoft Edge. You know, I work in the enterprise, so we all live in in Microsoft world. Mm-hmm. Edge is not actually bra- a bad browser um, mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, that. I mean, just very it, annoying. It, it's annoying <laughs> at times. Um, there are times too. I have to set. I mean, I have. I have Microsoft apps that are locked, not technically locked mm-hmm. up to, to, to work because you have to stay in that. They allow mm-hmm. you to share so you can create profiles, which is nice. Profiles has become a big thing. Uh, now Safari mm-hmm. has profiles that they've added, so you can have multiple profiles. Um, these have done it as well. I've always been a big Firefox user on the on the Mac. For some reason, I'm just kind of stuck on it. I, I know some people don't like <laughs> Firefox, um, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, the... Uh, the, uh, the uh, I find it to be very, uh, very helpful. I like the uh, syncing of settings and being able to go back and forth. I know you can do that on, on, on the Mac as well. I don't know. It just kind of stands out on me. The other one that I like that's part of Firefox is they have a separate browser. It's called the Firefox Focus, a privacy browser. It's always in privacy mode. So when you watch this, this mm-hmm. browser, Firefox Focus, um, it's always private. So you know, it always brings you in as 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 you're surfing you know, anonymously. So sometimes you don't you may want to work that way. I mean, there's mm-hmm. times you know you go to these advertisers and they and, and they see you surf and then all of a sudden you're getting an email. <laughs> hey, I noticed you left this in your cart. <laughs> um, so that those are kind of helpful when it comes to that. And other Chromium based uh, uh, browsers like Opera. And I'm not a huge fan of Opera. I don't know about you guys, but uh, uh, Opera has its. Uh, has its ups and its downs, and it seems to be kind of uh, tough to work with here. So, and then DuckDuckGo, which we all know mm-hmm. as a the privacy mm-hmm. um, browser, uh, privacy search engine, they have a privacy browser, which is really nice too. So, those were kind of the ones on there. Do you guys agree with me at all? With the, the, yeah. Those we, kind we of added a couple of the more. core list. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go yeah. to the in, or the indie ones here. Uh-huh. Um, so, those are kind of the core ones we talked about here. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, they were appearing before my eyes here as I was talking. Uh, the, uh, so we call these kind of the 
indie type browsers, you know, the, uh, uh, developers are coming up with some new ways of this. Uh, this one's the first one. This one kind of is newer. It's, uh, I think it's called Quiche. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. Q-U-I-C-H-E. Uh, the Quiche browser, which is a customizable browser. And then they say it's for minimal, uh, minimalists and tinkerers. Uh, those are probably mm-hmm. kind of fall into fall into us mm-hmm. <laughs> comes to this. <laughs> yes. Just just came across this actually today as we record this. And that's what kind of inspired me to, to do this this topic is uh, this was great about these these browsers. You could put them on your device. I'm out. If you don't like them, mm-hmm. then you know, get rid of them. I like so them. Well, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to look at this browser, but uh, I think it's mm-hmm. it's it's something to check out. Um, yeah. Uh, my, my favorite like said, is it's, it's pretty new. My favorite currently is, is Orion because of the KG search engine okay. that, that Jeff introduced me to, which yeah. is really, really good. It's a paid search engine, yep. but it's a really, really good engine. Um and this this is it's WebKit based. So it has all the all the goodies from Safari, but it's uh it's linked to KG and has some unique features for that. So yep. that's my favorite. Yep. No, I remember you guys talking about that in previous mm-hmm. shows. We talked about this and uh yep. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. Uh, Jeff, I think Jeff, I saw. Did you add one? You ordered? Did you add one in here? I I added. Um, yes, I added Ghost Browser, OmniWeb, and iCab for you. Okay, OmniWeb uh, be- and iCab. Wow. <laughs> because well, OmniWeb okay. and iCab deserve tell us deserve um, uh, honorable mention because OmniWeb actually dates back to the next days, and. Yep. Um, and even though it's not an official product per se anymore, it is uh, uh, still maintained by Ken Case because it's it's part of uh, the Omni Group apps. So mm-hmm. Ken is personally working on the code for that, and it's still a, a fantastic browser. iCab has been around since System Eight on the Mac, and um, it's it's available on multiple platforms, as I recall. And, um, it's, it, it's just a solid little browser that's been around for a long time. I don't yeah, even know what engine it's using. I think uh, it's a custom engine that they, because I mean, that pre-exists basically, I think it pre-exists all browsers on this list. Um, I um, think so. It's definitely older than, than WebKit. So it's older than WebKit. So yeah, yeah I guess it would even predate, yeah. uh, 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 apps for next. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at ghost browser, it's another, uh, uh, Chromium based mm-hmm. browser. Uh, but if you're, if you're like a, a power user and you, you need that kind of functionality, ghost browsers yeah. worth checking out. I mean, if you look at it today, basically WebKit one. Because even the Chrome browsers are based on WebKit originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yep, yep. I I could probably um, throw in more browsers for oh, you, for but sure. th- these are the ones that <laughs> oh, are yeah. just right off mm-hmm. the top of my head. Oh yeah, I mean, there's there was more. I was if I were to add to this, this would take up a, a number of oh, pages yeah. on the show notes. Here, yeah, so. <laughs> literally, we could do it in touch with browsers. <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah, we could, could yes. We could. So just, I mean, good, good awareness, good, good awareness for folks to know that you don't have to use Safari on your iOS device. You can mm-hmm. use any, a number of these browsers and probably have a better experience with it. You know? And again, like I said, yeah. I, 
use Firefox a lot, um, but uh, not like it's not out for everybody. Uh, one other one we didn't mention, Arc. Arc is a new mm-hmm. one that that's been out. That that's yeah, a really that's good. good. Uh, that's a really good browser too that just came out not too long ago. It's and and yeah. many of these browsers are both platforms. You'll go on iOS, iPadOS, as well as on the Mac. So mm-hmm. and and PC and, and PC in many cases too. Um, so, uh, yeah, definitely something to check out and all the links here are in the show notes as far as all those browsers we talked about. Um, and, uh, yes, it's, it's, it's great to, uh, uh, great to, uh, have your input on this. I know this will be, this will be a good, uh, a good topic because I know you guys are going to be passionate about, about this. So, um, but let's go ahead and uh, move on. I want to make sure I hit a couple tips here that I had here. Um, the first one was, um, now, you, the ability in iMessage is to be able to customize the apps, the app list settings. As you know, as you know, in iOS uh, 17, it added the new feature where you you tap the plus mm-hmm. when you're when you're responding to somebody, and you have that whole list of of, uh, of of apps. And I've got it set up where you can scroll through them and be able to change them. Well, what you can do is you can customize this list by going into settings and going into messages, and then you go into iMessage apps. That allows you to be able to see the whole list of all the messages that are in there. Allows you to be able to uh, turn on or off any of those those apps that you don't want in the list. Um, you know, and some of the ones that I have is includes like uh, uh, like I do Giphy, which I like to do the the, the animated the gifs or gifs, whatever you want to call it. And YouTube and Zoom and many others that you know Zoom makes it easier because it's going to be you could tap Zoom and it actually allows you to send a link much easier in a message than you have to go out copy the copy the link and then paste it um so there are some pretty cool apps that are in here uh but that it's to be aware of that um it is uh, it is really a, a cool thing to do uh when it comes to being able to customize this um there was another tip that I found out about this earlier this week and I I, I spoke at an Apple user group uh, earlier this this week as we record this and and I, they they really dig this this tip here is you know when you tap the plus button it's going to bring up the the menus like I just said but now what you can do is you can just tap and hold the plus button and what it does is it, it automatically brings you right into photos because that's the first oh. thing you want to do and I didn't even know that there was such a that you could do that because it kind of like went away so if you tap and hold the plus button all of a sudden the photos come up in a menu just drops drops up up for you it gives you one quick way of being able to get to the photos and be able to uh, um, be able to grab those photos right away without having to do three steps, you're down to one step, and then be able to look at your photos and scroll through them, choose what you want, put it right in the message. Um, then other one, a cool thing I found was, uh, is, and I think many, many of us know uh, about this, is we were always wondered when, before iOS 17 came out, we knew when the Apple TV came out, the remote, the new remote for the 4K uh, version had, had some sort of air tag uh, way of being able to find it, because that was always the, the, the issue of You'd always lose that uh, that Apple TV remote in the in your inside your cushions in your couch. Uh, well, now with uh, iOS 17, if you go and tap your list of all your Apple TVs when you go to the Apple TV uh, remote on the uh, on the control center, it now will list Find Remote right at the next part of it. I'm going to put a picture of that in the show notes. So you'll see it, uh, and you tap that, and then all of a sudden it's going to start beeping just like you do. You, you can ping your iPhone from your Apple Watch or and vice versa. Well, now you can do this on the on the Apple remote, and then of course it has the proximity finder where it uses, it goes duh, 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 and lets you go right close to it until you it's, it tells you how far away it is from you. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it was really cool that they they added this uh, this new feature in here. So um, yeah, um, check that out. Did you so have anything you to add? Chip, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yep. I'm not entirely 
in love with the interface, but I have used it multiple times and it absolutely works. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying it a number of times. It's like, mm. well, of course, the remote's sitting right in front of me here, and I can't. Where is it? I, I set it under my desk here. Oh, crap. There it is. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, a couple cool tips I thought we, uh, mm-hmm. I thought I'd add this week. Lastly, this app, and you brought this up, uh, Patrice, mm-hmm. I'd love for you to tell everybody about it. This is mm-hmm. uh, this app about time zones called Elsewhen. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, t- tell us uh, what your experience has been with this app. It's a really cool app. So I think it originally came from from like the Discord community where people were posting times and Discord has some some special format how you can f- put that in whatever. That's where it started, but it's and it, you see that some like some references to that still in the app. But it's a really really good app if you want to figure out like you have I mean we have that four times a year basically for for the four um uh, like British Tech Network shows where yep. the time zones change in Europe and, and the US is, or Northern America, I should say, is, is a week behind. So everything is just a, cha- a complete chaos. And we, I, I post always this post where I say, okay, hey, be careful. Next week, the shows are this time. Um, and it's really cool because you can you can have predefined lists of countries or time zones that you want to post and you can switch between them. And then you just say, okay, on like on this date forever, whatever, like Friday, the what is today, the twenty fourth, at this at one thirty p.m. Central Time, yeah. and then you get the list of your predefined list of of countries, and you just copy that, paste that in whatever text message, social media, whatever you want to post it, and yeah. it has like the little flags with it and the time zone, uh, the, the, like the names of time zones, everything. It's just a really really good app if you have to share such such information. Absolutely. I completely forgot about you recommended yeah. it a number of uh, weeks ago mm-hmm. and, uh, and I, I installed it and then you mentioned it again today on the next <laughs> show. It's like, oh my gosh, we got to talk about this and make sure listeners here and uh, viewers can, uh, can find out more about this app. And uh, it's, it's absolutely free too. Which is yeah, great. exactly. And, and universal. Mm-hmm. And universal. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think, is it, I believe, I believe it's available on the Mac as well. Isn't that? Yes. I never checked. Yeah. To be honest. I only ever use yeah. it on my phone. But... Yeah. So good stuff. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Wow. We made it through a whole hour here and I didn't think it would happen because <laughs> there was not a lot of news, but I picked some good topics because we love mm-hmm. them. And, uh, we have a lot, lot of great things to talk about this week. And uh, so let's uh, go ahead and wrap up for this week. Uh, uh, that is a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, which is feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Mastodon at in touch with iOS at techhangout.social. That's uh, Patrice's great Mastodon instance. Mm-hmm. So I was lo- glad, happy you're hosting that for us. And uh, support the show by buying me a coffee at intouchwithios.com slash coffee. We would really appreciate it. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash intouchwithios. We have two tiers available to support the show. We would really appreciate that. You can make sure you like, share, and subscribe when you're notified when we are live streaming, which is usually on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time. But because of the Thanksgiving holiday, we're here on Friday. Um, that is on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash iOS, where you can watch us live streaming as well as watch the recorded live stream. And you also can listen to past shows. Uh, visit in touch with iOS magazine on Flipboard where many of the topics we discussed are posted into that magazine. The link is in our show notes. You can subscribe to the show in your favorite podcatcher, including podcasts, overcasts, Apple podcasts, and many others, but better yet, go to our website at intouchwithios.com where all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. 
I am Dave Ginsburg. You can find me on Mastodon at AMG65 at Mastodon.cloud. Patrice Brandemore, so glad you were able to come back on mm-hmm. the show. Thanks for being here. Where, where can people find you? Well, you can find me every week on the British Tech Network on the Mac show on Fridays and the Big Show on Thursdays. I did that the other way around for some reason. Mm-hmm. You can find out everything I'm doing, like all the social media links, including my Mastodon on my, on my Mastodon instance, um, like social media links, podcast projects, literally everything I'm doing on my website, thepatrice.com. And if you want to listen to really cool people talk about food, food related stories and memories and just everything that goes with that, which is very apropos, like given the holiday yesterday, uh, head over to foodieflashback.com for my podcast. Absolutely. You can go back and watch my episode where we talk about Chicago pizza. Food festival. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Jeff Gamet, so glad you were able to make it here today as well. Uh, where can people find you? Well, I, I'm so glad I'm here too. I, I know I say this uh, a lot on various shows, but it's mm-hmm. always true. It is just an absolute treat to get to spend time with you, with all of you. Yes. Um, all right. So, where you can find me? Social media, Jay Gamet. Uh, Mastodon on Instagram, uh, threads, all of them, but those are the three that, that I'm active on right now. Then for shows, uh, Chuck Joyner lets me join in on Mac Voices Live on Tuesdays. Dave, you let me join in on In Touch with iOS on Thursdays, except for today because it's Friday. And uh, then on the British Tech Network, the big show on Thursdays, the Mac show on Fridays. And uh, then Brian Chaffin and I do the context machine. Thank you so much, Jeff. And last but certainly not least, Ben Rafix. So glad you are here as well. Where can people find you? Well, Dave, you can find me at Ben Rafix on the social medias. Uh, you can fi- uh, you can find me at Rafix.tech, my website. Uh, as for shows, you can find me at everywhere Jeff just said, except for the context machine. <laughs> It'll happen someday. Someday. It almost so, did. It almost did. Yeah, we, we were we were that close. Yes. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. And thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. We really enjoyed doing it, and we'll talk again soon. 